Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Grit and Barrett Podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, everyone. It is a Sunday, April 23rd. If you are watching this on the live stream, if you are checking us out on the audio version of this, it is a Monday, April 24th, and it is time to talk about the most wonderful time of the year. It is playoff hockey time, baby, everyone. The Calder Cup playoffs are underway. We've gotten a few series out of the way. And since all the other pawns have now come to the table and have eaten, some have left, it is now time for the Bears and Providence to get on their way to start their part of the journey. And here we are to talk about the next part of the of the playoffs that involves your Hershey Bears taking on the Charlotte Checkers and joining me uh, from field. Field Pass Hockey also blogs with Bears Hockey Nation as well. Live tweets, a lot of Bears stuff, almost double what I do. Um, Corey Schwartz, friend of the show, partner in hockey, joining me. Corey, thank you for joining me, brother. Hey, Richard, thanks for having me. Like you said, it's the best time of year. Playoffs are finally here for us. Um, you know, say that as if uh, being exempted from the first round is a bad thing. It is not. It's a great thing. So we're happy to be here for sure. Oh, we definitely are. I mean, that's that's what, at least during the the uh, first part of the season, that that, that that's what you want to do. You want to get to this point where you have that week off, to where you can just you can just sit back, relax, and know that you your hard work paid off, getting you to this point that you got your first round by. I mean, yes, we're we were number two of um of one and two but hey you know what doesn't do that getting a five minute five minute power play against charlotte by a rookie i'm was last week it's in the past you can't control that it's fine but anyway we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about the series up and coming and that is the hershey bears taking on their rivals of the south the charlotte checkers and um, very fitting that we're going to be playing this team, in my opinion. Very fitting, very appropriate, because I still sort of have a theory that if Hershey wants to put a 12th in the in the rafters there at Giant Center, they are going to have to exercise some playoff demons to do this. And two stand in our path right now within our own division, and one is staring us right in the face. And the Charlotte Checkers, a team that punches punched us in the gut and shoved us out the door in 1819. 
Yeah, like you said, I, I love the turn of the phrase from um, John Walton's call of the Evgeny Kuznetsov goal back in 2018. Um, Charlotte's just been a place where the Bears have struggled. I mean, you know, last year it was good to get down there. You know, this year, I should say, really, was the Bears' first time really getting down there and getting some wins, right? It was some much-needed relief there to get a couple of wins down there. Well, I guess it was more just the one, if I remember correctly, a couple of uh, losses beyond 60 minutes this season, if I, if memory serves. But, you know, the Bears have had a much better overall record against the Checkers this season. You know, some of that's a little bit of a cool down from, you know, the the Carolina affiliation. They're, they haven't been bad at all this season by any stretch. But, you know, getting into a playoff series, it, it makes sense. The Atlantic Division is going to be the toughest to come out of in order to, you know, get to the conference finals, I think out of, you know, at least in the East, no doubt, but um, it's going to be a great challenge for the bears. I mean, you're looking at Charlotte right now and potentially Providence in the, you know, the next round, should they defeat the Hartford Wolfpack, which is anything but a sure bet at this point, in my opinion, Um, you know, but you'd have to go through down some demons in some places where the bears have suffered playoff defeats. And that includes Hartford. Um, as well. It's their first time back since 2015. So, you know, I think, and when they beat the Bears, I should say, really. So no matter where you land, there's going to be some place where you're going to have that bad memory, a bad taste in your mouth that you're going to want to get rid of uh, before you even think about playing in the best of seven. Agreed. Um, for those of you who do not know what we were talking about, the Bears did move on the 18-19 playoffs uh, beating uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers at that point in five games, only to get sh- swept by sh- I should know I was there. I saw it all, Gandalf. I saw it all. So, um, and you know, the, we're, the the series across from us, um, Hartford and Providence is I think is going to be a sneaky competitive series as as a lot of people thought Springfield was just going to beat Hartford. Springfield is just so loaded offensively. St. Louis sent a good amount of guys to them. AHL all-star goaltender Joel Hoffer. And they lose, like, I think if I read on Twitter, like a combined, like, 14 to 5. And if you count in their their last two regular season games, they lost by a combined total of 20 to 5 in their last four games, playoffs included. So, um, yeah, just kind of surprising that Hartford was the one who came out of that series and is going to play uh, Providence. And I posted this on Twitter, I know to you, um, are we kind of sleeping on Hartford? And Bears fans, we'll get to Hershey and Charlotte here in a, in, in a little bit. But it is important to take a look at who's on the other side of the bracket. So are we sleeping on Hartford a little bit? I think a little bit, yes. They're a team that, you know, they've benefited from the structure, you know, the increased amount of teams that are able to make the playoffs and get this chance to play in the bubble. Maybe the first team to really like, you know, possibly move on and cause some real upsets as a result of this. This is a team that's just been on fire. And like you said, Springfield seemed like the ideal team to take them down, right? Hartford had an eight game winning streak that almost ended to the last game of the season, but guess who bookended both those games that beat them? It was Springfield. Springfield beat them before that eight-game winning streak, and they beat them in the last game of the season to, you know, to end that eight-game winning streak. And, you know, that was a lot of what got Hartford in the playoffs was just earning a lot of points down the stretch here, which, but, you know, they even had the added effect of not having their starting goaltender, Louis Domingue, and their one of their top, I think it was their top scorer, Johnny Brodzinski, who are both up as, as extras with the Rangers right now in their playoff run. So the fact that they came out and, you know, much of that series looked like men against boys 
you know, tic-tac-toe passing, you know, wide open assign blown assignments by the Thunderbirds. Springfield just burnt out, I think. And, you know, it reflected in the final scores. It was the most lopsided series, I think, of the playing round so far, at least in the East. So, you know, it wasn't close and it, the Thunderbirds didn't deserve it. You know, Joel Hofer, as you said, was kind of the X factor there to a lot of people, myself included. I kind of figured he could step in and steal game. And to his credit, you know, you have a lesser goaltender in there. I think that, you know, it might have been even worse possibly too. I mean, the last game looks worse because they got scored two empty net goals on, but it still wasn't close, right? Hofer did as much as he could, but again, when he's hanging out to drive, what are you supposed to do? So I'll be interested to see how they match up with a team like Providence. It's just consistently good consistently rises to the challenge presented by other teams. You know, I think it's going to be the true test to see if this Hartford team is for real or not. Definitely. And it'll be interesting to see how things uh, look, look over there. So um, let's get to our series at hand. The bears are taking on the Charlotte checkers who finished third in the, in the division, tried to take a run there at the end of the season to uh, perhaps challenge Hershey and or Providence for that second, second uh, spot. But, um, they sort of tailed off a little bit thanks to a rather long uh, five-game in Pennsylvania road trip to end the season, um, which um, their their fate was sealed before that. But um, uh, Charlotte is no slouch, mind you. Um, they have they they do have a good amount of depth there. Even though Zach Delpy is with Florida team right now, just announced today, Lucas Carlson got recalled to Florida team as well, possibly some extras as well. Um, so we kind of have to wait and see how this Charlotte team's gonna um gonna be because they're probably they might end up getting a good amount of help depending on how long their series goes. But um for those that are wondering the bear the Bears went three three one and one against Charlotte this season um in two losses in Charlotte in October to start the season um getting a win at home December 6th um, um a loss at home against them 3-1 on January 7th um getting three points going one and one back in Charlotte on February 18th and 19th getting a win back earlier this month on April 8th and then getting another win and it well actually losing on April 11th so the Bears went 3-3, 1-1, three wins, three losses, overtime loss, and shootout loss. So pretty decent record against them. If you just want to count straight up wins and losses, we were 3-5 and five, if you want to get technical. Um, so I think um, this is a team that is going to match up well against Hershey, a team that's always given them fits. And as we're going to show on the bar down here, um, the Bears get their first – the first two games will take place in Charlotte this coming weekend um, on April 28th and 29th. That is a Friday and Saturday. And then the Bears will come back home on the following Wednesday for game three at Giant Center. Game four will be the following fr- – will be the Thursday, if I'm seeing that correctly, May 4th. And then game five, if needed, will be on Sunday, May 7th. So a pretty stretched out schedule. Um Charlotte is basically getting five home games in a row. If you count the previous series, some call that a advantage and all that, but 
Um, Charlotte's a very long distance opponent. So that's just how this kind of played out. Yeah, it's, it is a shame that, you know, that's kind of a meager reward is now the Bears kind of have to, you know, try to win a game, at least one game down in Bojangles Coliseum. But the, you know, the turnaround is that, you know, hey, those three games that will all most likely be decisive games will take place in Hershey. So, you know, I, I think that the way the Bears will look at this is they say, hey, we'd rather go down there and put the pressure on them with a win. I mean, you know, you think back to the opening round of the 2016 Calder Cup playoffs when the Bears played the Portland Pirates. They went up to Portland and I believe got a split. And then they lost a, I believe, triple overtime game. But they had the luxury of yep. having those last two games at home, which, oh, yeah. you know, I believe played a huge difference in that series and could be the same kind of situation here. So, you know, it, like you said, I think it's going to be a very even matchup. Although I will say it, it will be interesting to see how the Bears match up at full strength. Because, I mean, we had that last last matchup was that Tuesday game that you and I were up in the booth for, I believe. And the Bears oh, were yeah. just eviscerated between, you know, having some guys on the shelf with injury, Ethan Frank being one of them, and, you know, still two, three guys up in Washington. Um, just curious to see how it's going to, that's going to be a difference there. It's kind of like you alluded to with that last game, that five minute penalty kind of, kind of killed them type of thing. You know, I'll be interested to see just because the Bears are just so stacked now. It, it'll be insane to see how much of a difference we really see game one of that series versus that last Tuesday game. So it'll be very interesting to see how that comes out. It may be something that Charlotte hasn't really seen much of just on how spread out the scheduling is. And, you know, like you said, with Charlotte having some personnel issues, it'll be interesting to see if that carries over to the series as well. Agreed. And I'm trying to like, think back, like, um, of course the two April games we were dealing, you know, Frank being injured, um, I think Scarbosa had a nagging injury he he was dealing with. Um, you know, back in February, the Bears were playing good, but not their best hockey by that point. Um, Jan- you probably argue the best game they played against them was probably the December 6th game um, back when the Bears were playing really good around the holidays. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Bears at at full strength realizing their power and potential by this point um, where like how they're going to stack up against the checkers uh, per se. And the checkers have some pretty good goaltenders. They've been relying on, on Mark Guzda. And um, now they, they went with JF Perube in game three, ended up getting, getting the shutout against the Lehigh Valley phantoms, which I thought might've had a chance to, um, to uh, upset this the Charlotte team, um, but alas, it just did. Uh, it wasn't meant to be, and the team from Allentown. Too bad. Moving on. So, uh, so I, I think I think it's going to be real interesting because the Bears have had this past week off, just full of practice. I think either you or someone else said on Friday they did like a mock scrimmage there at Giant Center to try and keep the boys fresh per se. Um, you really think that's going to play an advantage into Hershey as opposed to Charlotte, who's had to play like a really quick three game set, especially with some overtime factored in. It is really interesting. You say that because I mean, if this series started this weekend, I would say absolutely. Charlotte would be weary and tested and all that sort of thing. But the lack of travel for them combined with the fact that, you know, they essentially got to have a week now between series to kind of get reset. And it's kind of a good thing. I think, you know, 
maybe not to punish them as much for having to play, especially in that kind of series that they had to deal with. Um, I think it maybe resets things a little bit. Like I said, if, you know, we were talking a fast turnaround. Yes, absolutely. Cause it, you know, you could even tell in that final game there that them putting an arrested goaltender in Barube yeah. was absolutely the difference over Samuel Erson, who, you know, it was a very interesting decision, but you know, like you said, I think that Lehigh Valley's goaltending depth just wasn't as good as Charlotte's in that specific instance. Samuel Erson may be the number one guy, but playing, you know, almost 120 minutes of hockey is way harder than, you know, having to, or, you know, whatever, I guess it was double overtime. So, you know, more like a hundred minutes of hockey, you know, still a lot though. That's still a lot of hockey to be played. Absolutely. So I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I'd like to say that'll get negated at that point, but um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how the bears, you know, with all this time off, I know, you know, Friday, like you said, was a, basically a full game. They even tracked shots on goal, believe it or not, during that scrimmage, which was nice. impressive. Um, even had some extended six on five uh, last minute pressure situations there for the top line too, but ultimately didn't result in any extra scoring, but uh, it was yeah. very interesting experiment. You know, I, you could tell the guys are just really anxious to start playing people other than each other. So it'll be really interesting to see how the rest and the time off factors in here with the bears being off for essentially two weeks. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. And even, even uh, Mike Nelson, coach Nelson, um, Mike Nelson, I'm thinking mystery science theater 3000 for some odd reason. Um, you know, coach Nelson was, was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's let, let's play tonight. You know, let, let, let's play tomorrow. You know, let, let's play too. You can tell that he's just really chomping at the bit to get these guys back in there because I know he he, he knows as, as a coach, you, you don't want to let these guys sit and rest for proverbially too long, um, especially at this point, this point in the season. Now, this isn't like where during the playoffs where you get like a four or five day stretch while you're waiting for your next opponent. That's different. You welcome that especially with the near two month sprint that this is going to turn that this could possibly turn into, but coach Nelson just, he really wants to get, get the guys back out there. Weller does too. And um, you know, me watching the practice there last Tuesday, um, you could tell the guys are really ready, really ready to go. And hopefully we get Scarbosa back out there and have this roster at a, at, at full strength. So um Another aspect with the series that, that we've brought up is that the Bears are going to, to exercise some demons too if we want to get get to the twelfth because I firmly believe I think Providence is the better team against against Hartford and this Bears team is going to have to go up there and beat their El Guapo there in in uh, in Rhode Island a, as well and I'm not trying to look too far ahead of Charlotte I think Charlotte is very capable of taking taking this series. But this just feels like that if the Bears want to get back to the mountaintop where we tell ourselves every season where we deserve to be, you're gonna have we're gonna have to go through possibly two or three teams. And and I'll count Hartford in that, who beat us in 15-16 with the Bork brothers, or 14-15, who beat us with them. That the Bears are gonna have to tackle ghosts of proverbial playoff past to get back to where to where they want to be. Yeah, it's kind of nuts when you think back about it. I mean, it's all the three of these teams are coincidentally teams that eliminated the Bears from the division over years past. It was Charlotte in 19, Providence in 17, 
and then Hartford in 15. You know, it's every other year one of these teams beat beat the Bears. So, you know, either way, you're going to have to go up against somebody that you're going to kind of cringe a little bit thinking about it. Like, I cringe thinking about going back into Charlotte because that, you know, the memory of that series still sticks with me, you know, years later. But like you said, it's the Atlantic Division is you know, if you could award the Calder cup after the Atlantic division, that's, it's a very capable, you know, it, it could be the real Calder cup finals in a sense, just because, you know, and that's not discounting everybody, anybody else in the league here, but it just speaks to the quality of competition in the Atlantic division. And you really look at like, you know, teams like Providence, Hershey hasn't won a game up there yet this season. They didn't win up there last season either. So it's really one of those things where you're, you have that in the back of your mind there as you're going into a potential, you know, not looking too far ahead, but potentially in that series too. And, you know, Hartford's always been pretty tough on them up there too. And, you know, as has Charlotte. So either way, like you said, to get back to that mountain, you're going to have to, you're going to hit a couple of rough patches, a couple of steep cliffs to try to climb, but it's all in the name of, you know, hardening them for tougher competition and, you know, a, a very much an unknown in a Western conference team that, or she hasn't seen it all this season that they'll have to play against. So like you said, you know, Todd Nelson seemed really intense and ready just to have an opponent to study um, in addition to, you know, just getting play underway. So it's going to be really interesting to see just how, how everything unfolds here and, you know, very early tests to see if Hershey is as tough as we think they are too, for sure. Agreed. And this is a, this is a best of five series. So, um, and I say this, Tongue in cheek. It's a it's a quick series. It's not a best of three, but it is a very quick of series that that Bears fans know can can go very south and and pear shaped very quickly. So um, the Bears I think best want to um um want to uh get at minimum get a split down there. There is no well. Let's just get points down there. No, this is wins and losses. Period. A much different piece there in the playoffs. Some Bears fans leaving us some comments. You know, please, if you're, I know some of you are watching along on fan club page, please leave a comment as well. I will try to respond to them. But also, just so everyone knows, because it's Facebook, your name will not show up. So please, you know, try to say who you are with commenting or let us know where you are. Get a like to this, please. And information about the podcast down in the, down in the scroll bar as well. Uh, Bears fan saying hi, hello, who's ever watching this. Um, let's get 12. Very much agreed. Very agreed. Um, but it is going to uh, take, my math is correct, I think 14 wins. Someone told me there'd be no math involved. I think it's like... I think you're right. 14 sounds right. 14 wins to get to where get to where we we. But they didn't, dom- I think, pertaining towards Charlotte, but they didn't de- dominate us here in Hershey. Very true. Very true. Um, I think looking at my uh, my notes here, the Bears went 2-2 two and two against Charlotte, you know, here at home, which was the December, January, and two uh, April games. That is true. Um, but in, in this series, and in almost any series, you have to win on the road. You can't just say, well, we got three games in Hershey. We're going to be fine. No, you get, that's why we're saying just get a split. I'm not asking to take both games down there. Would be nice. But I'm not saying take both. Just, just, just get just get us one. Win game one, which would be prefer, preferred. But um, just, just, just get one. 
what while you're up there. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, you know, Curtis, I'm sure it was in the back of your mind as much as it was in the back of mine when Hershey finished second instead of first in the last day of the season, too, that, you know, hey, if we play Charlotte in the second round, I mean, I'm not Charlotte, Providence in the second round, you know, suddenly you're looking at, you know, you have to win one game up there, minimum, in order to take that series. And the Bears haven't won a single game up in Providence. Not that, you know, you're going to win every game at home in a 3-2 yeah. type of situation, yeah. you know, with three games at home, but you know, it would be nice to have that in the back of your, your mind that, okay, we can win at home if need be. Uh, but, you know, honestly, if I remember right, and I'm, you know, I'm stretching my memory back a little bit on 2017, I think the Bears kind of had a similar situation where they had to win at least once in Providence and they couldn't, you know, and yeah. obviously some yeah. of that Phoenix Copley doesn't get hurt and they score on the same play that yeah, still boils me a little bit when I think about it, you know, uh, that's a different series possibly too, but so, you know, you really just have to take it game by game, not really think about that as a disadvantage. As a hockey player, you just can't let that enter your mind space. So I think that, you know, for the guys, they're going to be focused. It's not even going to be on their minds. So it's that's for people like us to talk about rather than, you know, the guys to worry about in the ice. So I have my utmost confidence that this group is as advertised. It looked like on Friday they were fully healthy. You know, nobody just based on the lineup orders and stuff, it looks like they should be really good to go with, you know, four potent lines. There's a lot of guys sitting out that shouldn't be sitting out, frankly, and wouldn't be sitting out in any other team. So I'm really anxious to see, you know, if they can just be that team that we know they can be. And, you know, with a lineup like we haven't seen, the Bears are obviously benefiting from Washington not making the playoffs in that respect at this point. But, you know, it's now or never, you know, really got to make it happen here. And they got to show why Hershey finished and was in the top two for the majority of the season. And Charlotte wasn't. So, you know, I think it's really up to the bears to, it's a show me moment for sure for this group. Agreed. Definitely agreed that it's, it's going to be a, a put up or shut up series that, that, all right, we've done all this to get to this point. And now it's time to go out there and prove it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this series. We're going to take a a bit of a sponsor break, and we'll be right back right after this. Before we continue on, Bears fans, it's not just the Stanley Cup playoffs that are going on. It's NBA playoff time, and that means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can secure a no-wet same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook, app dim, place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. We already had some early action there in the NBA play playoff as the Brooklyn Nets, you're out, as the Philadelphia 76ers have taken care of them and are moving on, but there's still plenty of action in the association. The first round will be wrapping up, so make sure you get in on the sweet, sweet round ball action known as the National Basketball Association. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. 
Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21-plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific gambling res- responsible gambling resources. And now, on with the show. And we're back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast doing a preview of the Hershey Bears versus the Charlotte Checkers. Corey Schwartz joining me. Corey, thank you for... Uh, for joining me and deal and paying the proverbial bills going through that DraftKings read as well. Some you got to do, got to pay the bills, got to do it necessary. evil. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as, Thanks for having me. Not a problem, man. So as we go on, let's get to some more uh, fan comments here before we do move uh, forward here. Ben says, win them both and then get out the brooms for the checkers. <laughs> <laughs> wishful thinking there, Ben Boy. Very wishful thinking. I love a sweep. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love a sweep. But um <laughs> that's a tall order. Uh let's see what else we got here. Let's eat some Bojangles chicken and whoop some ass. Mmm, fried chicken. Delightful, delightful food down there at Mr. Bojangles Coliseum. So um, as we're talking more about the series, we brought up depth with the bears that we, I know we said this at, at the beginning of the, of, of the season that um, the bears have an abundance of riches at the forward position. And we've seen this throughout the season when the bears were hitting their call up and injury run, what team hasn't um, is. And now I really feel like as we hit, hit the Calder cup playoffs, especially with having back-to-back games there in Charlotte and with a good amount of travel back, it really feels like we're going to be leaning into these guys like Julian Napravic, um, Shane Gersich, maybe getting Matt Strom in there for an extra game as well. It really feels like like this is where our depth is really going to help us out because depth scoring and any type of depth is what you want for a deep uh, playoffs run. And something the Bears did not have at all last season going up against uh, Wilkes-Barre. So um, I take it that's going to be a, a real advantage for the Bears as we head down to uh, Charlotte this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's something we didn't have at all last season. You know, it was you know a situation you don't don't necessarily love to see. You know, have a guy like Bogdan Triniev thrust into the spotlight on one of the top lines because the Bears were just that that bear on the forward line. And um, you know, this season it's completely different. You know, the, the way things are shaping up, there's going to be at least five guys will be considered regulars possibly sitting on the sidelines and eight, including some of the black aces uh, that are with the team right now. So, you know, it's one of those situations where I don't know that there'll be necessarily a lot of lineup shakeups depending, you know, it had to be something pretty extreme to see some guys get subbed out. I think the lineups you're going to see in game one are probably going to be what you're going to see for the majority of the playoffs, you know, injuries, notwithstanding. But, you know, it leaves some really good guys on the sidelines. I mean, it's guys that have been, you know, kind of here doing their thing. And, you know, like you said, really providing that extra extra bit of schooling, the Julian, the Pravniks, the, you know, Shane Gersiches, the Matt Stroms, the guys you can really plug into those specific lines, the fourth line, the third line, even as high as the second line if you really have to. 
But with guys like Beck Malenstein being back, Alexi Protus will be here for this run. Um, you know, trying to think of anybody else. There's somebody else who's up in Washington who escapes me at the moment. But, um, you know, all those guys, Joe Snively is probably who I'm thinking of. You know, all those guys being back, it changes the line combinations for the better in a lot of ways. Because, you know, you're now you're going to have some quality wingers, you know, Snively, Pilon, Annis, to flank Connor McMichael on the second line. That's been a great trio to be a one-two punch with the Scarbosa, Frank, Vecchioni line, which will thankfully, hopefully be reunited for this series as well. The Bears have been missing them for the majority of the month of April, at least the last, you know, chunk of games there, certainly. And then, you know, you have a third line with Hendricks, LaPierre, centering, you know, a couple of skilled guys down there too, you know, whoever's not in the second line, essentially. So, you know, and even the fourth line, they've been instrumental in providing offense at key junctures when the Bears need it the most. So I'm I'm very excited to see what line they're going to be able to put on. But you also have that comfort level, right? Those guys you know that you can rely on on the back end and the backside. But they can, can prize like, you know, a solid extra line and a half more so than that. You know, you just have you have the luxury, absolute luxury. And even on defense, too, you know, you look at guys like Logan Day and Jake Massey. Now, I don't think we'll see both of those guys dressed at the same time to start off the game. But, you know, one guy who deserves to get a jersey, in my opinion, is Logan Day. I think he's been fantastic paired with Aaron Ness. Obviously, that leaves you a difficult decision of a guy like Bobby Nardella or, you know, Lucas Johansson in some ways. But, you know, again, wonderful problem to have when you have the ability to drop and pick up guys you know, and mix and match if you really see fit for it. So it'll be really interesting to see how, you know, Coach Nelson approaches that first game. And if any decisions and changes be made, I don't think we're going to see it too much, but it's possible. Agreed. Agreed. I think he'll definitely be swapping guys in and out as we get to these back-to-back games because you have a Friday-Saturday back-to-back. That's games one and two in Charlotte, which those will definitely be utilized. Game three on Wednesday, May 3rd, and then you have the ever-elusive, ultra-rare Thursday night (laughs) home Bears game. Um, You're probably going to want to utilize that as well, too. So um, it's definitely, you know, a luxury that you really want this time of year to be able, you know, like you said, the Logan Days, the Matt Strums, the third and fourth line, and even the fifth line in and out guys, per se, are the guys we're really going to rely on. And And especially for guys. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Richard. Think about it this way, too. It puts added, you know, not pressure, but, you know, the added thought of the guys in the lineup that say, hey, if I don't give it 100% here, like you may be able to, you know, certain points, you know, coast a little bit more. If, you know, those guys are looking at, you know, getting out of the lineup, working themselves out of it, because, you know, you got these hardworking guys that are, you know, obviously cheering for their success, but also they're, if, you know, for whatever reason, one of these line combos doesn't work out, you have that luxury. So it should, you know, be ample incentive as if the Calder Cup is not already for these guys to work their tails off to, you know, really impress at this stage. Agreed. Definitely agreed. So um, a few more questions before we, you know, b- before we get on out of here. Um, and I'm sure, I'm not sure how Bears Faithful um, thinks about this, and I'm sure that they'll let us know. Um is Hunter Shepard the number one the entire playoffs, the entire ones? Because, you know, I mean, it's the era of recency. We always remember the last thing we saw. And, um, you know, he's he's had a little rough down the stretch, but I think that was more of a victim of circumstance more than than anything. But it really seems like Hunter is going to be the number one guy 
as we head into the postseason. Team MVP, Hunter Shepard, I, I should say. But um, he should be the one to get to go number one. And do you start him in both games in Charlotte? That's a tough call, tough call, honestly. I mean, you could, it is the era of the 1A and 1B, right? And, you know, Correct. while Zach Fucale hasn't been horrendous or anything in my mind, you know, the consistency factor is what I think gives Shepard this opportunity to likely run with. Now, it is a good question. You know, obviously, if you get a Charlotte Lehigh Valley situation game two to game three of their playing round, absolutely, you go to, uh, to Zach Fucale after a, you know, double, triple overtime situation. And you do it with yeah. ease. You know, it's not, it's not bad at all. It's not, you know, there, it was very rare in the regular season for a Bears goalie to go back to back. And it was usually out of necessity. I mean, we saw with Clay Stevenson Correct. a couple of times, you know, we saw yeah. Shepard do the same thing. It's rare. So again, great luxury, great problem to have in a lot of ways. But again, a big question mark is with two of these, you know, games one and two and then three and four on back-to-backs. I would have a hard, you know, that's why Yuha Latola is there to, you know, really be able to gauge the preparation and, you know, capability for these guys to go back-to-back. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, rotate goalies, especially if Shep steals them a win in game one. You have that luxury to say, you know, hey, Zach, you know, this is your shot here. You know, he delivers them a game two win, so be it. That's continues to be a great problem to have. So, I think it probably really just depends on performance and how the goaltender is feeling rather than kind of going in with that set. All right, we're going to give Shep this game. We're going to give Zach this one game because we've seen them go in with less preparation. These guys are guys that will bring it no matter what. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see both goalies, but I think if one goalie gets hot, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, if Shep puts up a shutout or something, you know, or just an outstanding performance, I wouldn't even be surprised to see him go back to back if they're, up for it but you know hershey's you're looking at goals against average it's the best tandem in the american hockey league at this point so you have that luxury of saying hey we like both of our guys you know again i'm glad i'm not the one making that decision i know people will be looking at that decision pretty pretty closely but frankly i'm okay with it either way truthfully i think that that it will be very interesting like how how hunter plays and how they how they uh, tackle this, the two games in uh, in Charlotte. And, you know, let's say Hunter does have a good game Friday, but they decide to go with Fukali on Saturday and they end up getting a win and they get both with both goalies. And I'll tell you what, as a podcaster and as content, you know, people is, is you and me both are, boy, you are just giving us a, a sports Buffalo that we are just going to kill and, take for fur and leather and eat off of for for days and weeks off end now it it obviously won't be that way it's a quick series but um it'd be very interesting if both goalies could go down there and get a win in charlotte but a very very tall order um indeed that's scary though i mean if say that does happen in this series and the bears maybe get out with a quick back-to-back or you know something like that if i'm any other team that that means it's nothing you know to be excited about by saying, Oh, we don't have to deal with this goal. It's a two headed monster in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. they get, you know, you say to yourself as another team, you're like, man, they get to throw whichever goalie they want at us. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It's a great problem. You know, unlike Lehigh Valley who, you know, they were too worried about going to their backup and it cost them. The bears don't have that issue. So, no. uh, 
it's a very good thing to have, I think, going for you, certainly. And, you know, we saw it with great Bears teams of the past. I mean, you know, you look at the 2016 team that came so close. You know, I don't think Justin Peters was everybody's scheduled goaltender to, you know, make that deep playoff run that the Bears did. But because they had, no. you know, him and Dan Ellis, as I'm sure you remember, oh, um, yes. you know, um, you know, Peters got hot and they rode him for it and he was great. Yeah. So, you know, it, it really all, I think they're going to be leaning on the staff, leaning on the goaltenders there to, you know, help make that decision clear. And, you know, one goalie takes, takes charge. I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I remember that Dan Ellis getting lit up in Portland, Justin Peters starts game two and you're right. They ride a hot goaltender all the way to the finish line which was unfortunately four games in Cleveland, but we don't talk about that. And you even so, think back um, to, to 2010 is what you think. So I'm sorry, but yeah, one, one no, more thought. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You think, um, was it? You think back to 2010. Was... Yeah. Michael Neuverth, you know, you think back to 2009 when they won that series against Wilkes-Barre in, mm-hmm. uh, in game seven, those, I was amazed looking back at this because I didn't, you know, you take it for granted in hindsight, but that was a three games and three nights series. And mm-hmm. Newby started all three and won all three, including, you know, at least the two shutouts in game six and game seven. So it's kind of nuts to think about how not that the, you know, you don't want to get too far in your own head with that sort of thing too, because it's, if one guy is confident and, you know, he says, I can take it, let him have it by all means. We've seen that, you know, play itself out and, you know, I'm excited to see how that might play out for this this tandem here. Goaltending is always a strength in the Washington organization. So very excited to see, you know, this generation hopefully take the reins. Very much so. And I definitely remember those ser- those series as well. Um, I think back in, as we talked about, 09 and 10, um, in the three games, in the um, five-game set, I mean, the Bears won the series in five against Bridgeport, but that was three games in Bridgeport, a weekend set in Bridgeport. So um, very, very different times, very, very different times than where where we are now. So um, before we get on out of here, let's let's make some predictions on this. I, I know I think we know where both of us are going to go, but it's going to be a factor of how many. And I'm going to say <sighs> Depends on my heart or my head, but um, I'm going to say Hershey in the heck I'll go bold. I'll say Hershey in four. Give me four. It seems like it could go. It could go that route. Oh man. I may go more bold than you on this one. Then I'll say I was originally going to say Hershey in four, but I'll say Hershey in three. I like this team very much. I like this group very much. I like just the loaded potential of these lines I think that, you know, Hershey is a four headed monster in terms of their forward lines. You know, you saw it earlier the season in the Providence game that, you know, unfortunately the Bears did not win, but you know, the fourth line carried the offense in that game. You got Beck Ballenstein down there, you know, probably somebody like Mason Morelli on the fourth line there too. That's a hard working line that, you know, you, you may be tempted to take a shift off. I just don't know that Charlotte has the depth to match Hershey's full power in a sense. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the Emperor in Return of the Jedi standing up and being like, you know, experience the full power of the dark side and just, mm-hmm. you know, zaps Luke yes. at his full, you yep. know, Jedi potential type of thing. Now, obviously, we don't want to make that comparison too strongly because we know how that movie ends, right? But, you know, it, it reminds you of that where it's just sort of like, whoa, like this guy is just on a different power level, you know, 
think back to any episode of Dragon Ball Z or something like that, right? Where, you know, it seems pretty weak. They let him power up and they regret it. You know, it's it's a sell type of thing, you know? So um, I just think that Hershey has the length, the muscle, and the depth to endure anything that Charlotte can throw at them. You know, I will say if it go- does go to four, I won't be surprised. But, you know, it really just depends on if Hershey can exercise those demons at Bojangles in those first two games. Agreed. The the very the big games are going to be there in um at, at Mr. Bojangles Coliseum there on Friday and Saturday. Definitely big big games for the boys in chocolate and white. So let's go to the other side of the bracket real quickly. Why the heck while while we're here? Providence versus Hartford. The series for them starts Friday, Saturday in Providence. So ha Bears fans, you're not the only ones. Um, Wednesday will be in Hartford on Wednesday, Wednesday, May 5th um, at the XL Center if needed, and then Sunday, May 7th back at Providence if needed. So see, Bears fans, you're not the only ones. So um, um, I think Providence takes it in five. I think this is going to be a knockdown, drag-out series. Um, as even though Providence is a number one seed, I think that is a bit deceptive with as much as the Bruins have taken from them. And they've been inconsistent down the stretch. They've been decent against Hershey, but they've been inconsistent down the stretch. Oh, absolutely. I I would say this goes five as well, but I'll take Hartford in a surprise upset Mm. of this one, possibly. Because not only did Hartford fare pretty well against Providence in the regular season, but Hartford, I mean, the big question for me for Hartford to win this series is if Dylan Grand can withstand it. They're going to be without Louis Domingue, you know, fine, but... And, you know, Deme- I mean, um, Garand more than proved that he was capable of shutting down a good team in Springfield, you know, didn't face quite as many shots as I think that Joel Hofer did in that series. But, you know, the team's played good defense in front of him. I love some of Hartford's players in, you know, Tanner Fritz, Laurie Pajuniemi, um, you know, Ryan Carpenter is another one that comes to mind immediately. Ty oh, yeah. Emerson, you know, they have a lot of, I think, deceptively good offensive pieces now the question is can they you know like you said survive a slobber knocker of a series with providence that you know has can match them and then some i could easily see this going to five games in overtime for at least a couple of games and in game five and you know one team's going to be very salty about it and it's going to lead to a very salty series next season so um and try saying that five times real fast um <laughs> you know i think that it's going to just be a really great time for hockey fans to watch in the Atlantic division. So I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Definitely. And um, I'm not saying this is a shill for them, but uh, bears fans, please go check out AHL TV. Um, They posted a really good price, not just for the bears, but for all the playoffs in general, I think it's somewhere around $30. Um, I know some bears fans are like bad, this technology, but for $30 for the amount of content that you're getting this time of year, it is a very good deal. And believe you me, they are not paying me to say this whatsoever. Me personally, I think it, it's been been money well spent that, especially if you can't get the giant center, a way of watching the boys on the road. So just so that that's not just for the bears, that's going to be all of the Calder cup playoffs in general, just as a public service announcement to, to, Oh, intelligent bears fans that are listening to this um, in the North. 
the semifinals are set between the uh, the Toronto Marlies and the Utica Comets. Utica in a big comeback fashion, taking down Les Rockets de Laval. So both what Eastern Conference finalists last year are eliminated. Um, their series starts on Thursday in Toronto. Um, and they'll sort of follow the same schedule as the Bears Thursday, Saturday in Toronto. Two in Utica the following weekend, and then a game five in Toronto if need be. The other series of Syracuse versus Rochester is going on as we speak. Syracuse holds a 2-0 lead. They don't play again until this coming uh, Friday. And better hope they wrap it up then because game five in Syracuse isn't until the following weekend, Saturday, May 6th. So a very stretched out schedule for uh, for that series. So um, the North is definitely going to be interesting to watch because any one of those four teams, I think, could do it. Now, I, I think Syracuse is going to take down Rochester. But among those three, I could any three of those teams could take the North. Yeah, and there's a lot of potential for upsets. I mean, we saw with Toronto, they took the division a long time ago, but they haven't been the same team that they were before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I really think that, you know, it's up for grabs as far as who emerges from that division. But will they be as tough as an Atlantic division team to make it out of that? You know, they may benefit from those two those teams beating up on each other for so long that maybe they catch somebody, you know, while they're down and out or, you know, weakened a little bit possibly. But that would be a really hard series to win, especially in seven games. So I think there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of potential for upsets, a lot of chances for a team we've not expected to see to emerge from that division. It'll be really interesting to see how this one really goes, I think. It'll be fun to watch kind of on the other side of it. And like you said, with AHL TV, you get all the games with this package. So for a good deal, I mean, they're not paying, like you said, they're not paying us to say that we're paying them to be able to tell you that type of thing, but it's a great deal. I think for sure. I, I, and, and again, folks, I don't, I'm saying this, I'm I'm not a shill for this again, not because we're associated with them in in any way. I just think for what you're going to get and heading into the end of the season, I just think it's, it's, it's a really good offer. Just sit there. Um, so that'll pretty much do it for this, for this preview. And hopefully Corey, you and me can do more of these heading into the month of May, but, um, give you a minute here to, um, promote your website and whatever else you're working on, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for the, you know, hopefully the opportunity to do this a few more times with you for sure. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at HBH nation blog. That's where the majority of my content goes. Um, at FPH Bears, as if you're watching online, you can see that as my my field pass handle, where I post some of my, my articles and some other stuff there. Those are the two ones you can follow. My personal page at Cswa Eleven, S C S W A One One. Those are my three handles there, and you know where all everything goes. So if you're over there, you'll see it all. So that's where to find me. And like you said, Richard, hopefully we get to do this for quite some time. I'm looking forward to it. And be sure to check out his content. I think today at the time of this podcast drop um, did a really good article on Riley Sutter and the challenges he's gone through. So, um, so there, so um, that, that is, that is yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was mine. That was one I had on the cooker for quite some time and, um, you know, really impressed with how he's kind of turned around his, you know, his season and, uh, you know, his career in a lot of ways and the contract season is restricted free agent. You know, he, surprised i think it was the most pleasant surprise of the season you know to see him really carve out that fourth line role and penalty killers i always think back to when he willingly stood in front of a marty firk uh slap shot from the point if you forget marty firk 
had the hardest shot in all of hockey at one point prior to the pandemic at 109.2 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sutz just stood there and took it. I was impressed. And, you know, he's, you know, he's one of those just selfless character guys you could see being a major part of some important hockey games down the stretch in May and June. Agreed. Agreed. Good stuff out of you, Corey. And Bears fans, well, this is it. And I know you're ready. And the Charlotte Checkers fans are, are ready. We all are because this is all the time that we've spent playing in the regular season. The past six months have come down to, to this. So in the words of a song from Tangled, the, the animated the animated series, the line in the sand and the moment is at hand, Bears fans. I'm ready. You're ready. Both sides are ready. And for me in this podcast, I'm ready as I'll ever be. And I'm sure all of you are as well. Go enjoy the hockey. See you next weekend. And I'll catch you next time. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Grit and Barrett podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to. If you are listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a five-star review as it appeases our algorithm overlords. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the Hockey Podcast Network, where there is a podcast for each and every NHL team. We also cover the American Hockey League. They have a podcast about college hockey and all the ins and outs of the hockey world. If you wish to know more about our parent club, please check out the official Caps Chirps podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network as they cover all things Washington Capitals. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. That's at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Patricia Blosser, who passed away on December 5th, 2020, to dementia and COVID. The show is also dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears' friends, fans, and family who lost their lives to cancer. Cancer sucks. Thank you once again for listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and go Bears. 